When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to Behind the Cage. Today's guest is Danny Perez. He's now a professional hockey player. I met him at Maine. We did three years together, actually, so I've gone to know him pretty well. And he has a cool, interesting uh, story of how he started playing hockey and uh, his journey to becoming a Division I player in general. He fought through a lot of adversity, so I think you guys will really enjoy his story. And he also is... Uh, going to dive into like the mental health uh, side of the sport and the struggles that we kind of go through, which he also just started a podcast of his own based on that topic. So enjoy this episode. I'm going to bring Danny on now. What's going on, Danny? What's going on, Patrick? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. No complaints. How's things with you? Pretty good. Keeping it keeping it low key. Fucking it's good that shit's starting to open back up because then life's feeling a little bit more normal. Yeah, you guys can go out to eat now, right? And all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're slowly opening up and I actually I hopped back on the ice. Really? Recently, like this past week. Yeah. So that no was No way. But they they <laughs> there's so many rules, like they let us in fifteen minutes prior to the skate and then you're not allowed to shower. And then you have to leave 15 minutes right after the skate. It's like a whole. That's kind of weird. weird. Yeah. It's a weird rule. I don't understand what uh, like 15 minutes before and after does. No, they just want people in and out, but it's like we're uh, there anyways. Yeah. That's so what I'm saying. There's no point, but hey, yeah. whatever. Have you, uh, what's your situation like in New Jersey still? Is it everything kind of. Everything's pretty up? much closed up. Yeah. Um, I heard rinks were getting ice put in, but. Okay. So I think that might mean that, you know, they're going to start opening up soon. Um, Jim, there's like, haven't heard anything about that, but I got a little setup in my basement. So I've been working out a lot. Um, but yeah, just uh, restaurants only available for takeout, no seating, no gyms. Yeah. I mean, everything's in and out sort of deal, six feet apart. It's almost like it stayed the same the whole time. There's been pretty much no improvements as far as like, loosening up of stuff which sucks but yeah that does, that does suck i guess because you're so close to the city like new york city right i'm right outside there i'm right outside new york city so um it's like the hotbed man it, it's pretty crazy but um yeah it's not gonna open up for a while i don't think but we'll see that's kind of brutal like we have a plan in like mass like the rinks aren't open in mass yet i went to rhode island uh -huh. to escape but like i think rinks and gyms are gonna start opening in july which will be huge yeah but yeah I mean, you've been getting pretty shredded in your basement. Oh, yeah. I work out like <laughs> two hours a day, five days a week. I got nothing else to do. I and feel I'll do that. A, yeah, and I'll do like a virtual hockey lesson online, make some money doing that. But other than that, I'm just, yeah. Oh, you're boring. like the coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm the coach. I'm doing like I'm coaching a virtual hockey lesson. <laughs> do you put like a camera in, yeah. your, in your basement and kind of like yeah. stick at it? Uh, it's all on Zoom. It's in my room. I got a pretty good, uh, pretty good setup in my room. It's nice and big. So That's I just sick. do some stick handling drills and. Yeah, making some money doing that. So uh, 
I'm staying busy. Yeah, you got you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. But I was laughing. You're kind of you're kind of sounding like me by the all the workouts you're doing. I know. Well, <laughs> man, I just figured, why not? I mean, trying to get shredded, trying to get big, trying to get strong, trying to look like Pat Shea. <laughs> it's 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 true though. Like I'll I'll just be sitting here, and I'm like, fuck. What am I gonna do? Might as well just go out in my driveway and jump rope or something yeah like, yeah no exactly there's just nothing to do man. i was thinking about you too the other day too because i was uh it was like super late and um i like started that podcast i'm busy doing that so like late at night it was 11 30 or something i was like shit i didn't even work out today to get my workout in so i started working out and i worked out until like one in the morning i was like this is some pat shay shit right now <laughs> that's true I, <laughs> but it I felt kinda, good man i know i know it does i kind of love that shit yeah like, it's awesome it's, it's like, kind of peaceful but you're just like chilling by yourself yeah oh yeah pumping iron. yeah I'm, I'm in the basement so like i blast the music my parent parents can't really hear it so yeah um but yeah, it was just, it, man, it was so nice just working out, like taking your time, bumping tunes, oh, yeah. no pressure, just getting a good workout in. It was such a great feeling. Therapeutic, therapeutic. Yes, <laughs> it definitely is, man. I I love that yeah. nighttime shit. Yeah. But uh, so we're gonna kind of dive into your hockey story. I I like uh, giving a little background for people listening to like show like different perspectives of how kids are you're not a kid anymore but at the time it's like uh no, I'm, a the, I'm a kid <laughs> well yeah you kind of are <laughs> i'm a kid kinda, yeah <laughs> you're, you're a kid until until you're 30 right See, i don't even know if that's the age is it I'll, yeah i don't know I'm a Peter Pan when i grow up so never grown up that's um, the that's the motto man exactly hell yeah i know you're behind that but yeah go ahead sorry i am i am behind <laughs> that absolutely we'll talk a little bit about that actually but uh yeah, I like giving different perspectives to show people like the different ways that um, people make it Division One because they kind of panic when they're in high school because it's not like happening right away. They'll see these kids like who are really big and in very far ahead jump right to like college uh, scholarships and stuff. So I like giving different perspectives. So you yeah. kind of have a unique story where you kept pushing and pushing, but um, the reason... Like you started playing hockey kind of on your own, right? Because your yeah. dad did not play. Yeah, so no one in my family played hockey. I come from a baseball family. My, my last name's Perez, so uh, there's no hockey involved there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my parent, my mom, um, yeah, like I said, my dad grew up playing baseball. And my mom, one day, um, her boss came up to her and said, hey, I have Ranger tickets if you want to take, take your son or whatever. And uh, my mom's like, Rangers, like, what the hell is that? Like, and boss Power Rangers. Hockey. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, <laughs> hockey game, whatever. So, gets the tickets, gives them to my dad, and they're like, "Yeah, like, go to this Ranger game, take Daniel." Um, so we went and went to that game, and just kind of was like, "Wow, I, I love this. This is fun." And um, my dad didn't know much about it, uh, but the next day he went to Toys R Us and picked up these add-on, uh, like slip-on to your sneakers type of blades, but they're like four wheels. So like they're four wheel rollerblades. Mm. So it's two in the front and two on the side. And I, I got those. those. Yeah, yeah. So I was just um, skating in my basement like that, you know, using those. And um, that was when I was three years old. And when I was four, I, I finally got on the ice. So uh, yeah, like I said, my dad didn't know anything about hockey. So he was literally reading hockey for dummies. Um, <laughs> so you want to make it to the NHL by Dan Bilesmo. Like 
like, that's like, unbelievable. Like, how to book. So he like, he became a student of the game so he could then pass it on to me and kind of help me develop. So yeah, I just kind of hopped on the ice at four years old and took off ever since. So yeah, loved it. I think, I think that's so funny how like your dad was buying those books. Yeah. Like, how, literally how to play hockey books. For it's, dummies. Like the, so the, the dummies like series, it's just how to play hockey for dummies. It's so wasn't funny. He, um, wasn't he doing like, was it, you said he was doing like YouTube tutorials or something about like how to tape a stick and stuff oh, to yeah. show you? He, he was, um, YouTube wasn't around back then, but there was like, he was looking up videos on, uh, on how to like tape sticks or like watch NHLers, how they tape their sticks. He didn't know. So he, I think he was in one of his books. One of the books he he was reading showed how to properly tape a knob and how to, to probably tape a stick. Like he didn't know anything, man. Like the, I think the only hockey game he ever watched was the 1980 game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that was it. Like, I didn't think he like sat down to watch. I think he kind of knew about it, you know, like crazy. So, so yeah, man. Do you still tape your stick like that? Uh, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> you branched I, off. I, I branched <laughs> off. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this isn't working for me anymore. I got to switch it up. Yeah. But yeah. Did you, I'm assuming you always had a dream to play division one, but, uh, was there a time where you kind of doubted it or did you always believe you would get there and, um, kind of talk about like your high school and junior time like, yeah. where your mindset was then and stuff? Yeah. I, I, uh, I've always been a really big dreamer, um, which some would say like unrealistic dreamer. Um, so I've always dreamed that I could play in the NHL and I always weirdly believe, believed that I could play division one and I wanted to play in the NHL and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean, obviously the first stepping stone was to play division one. And I just, um, had this weird feeling that it was just going to happen. The stars were going to align. It was going to work out if I did the right thing. So yeah, played high school hockey, four years at St. Peter's prep in Jersey city. Um, it's funny, like during that time, I would always kind of, I always kept my dreams to myself about playing division one, but, um, kind of junior year, sophomore year, I started like kind of expressing how I wanted to play division one and um, got a lot of heat for that. And a lot of people just saying that, you know, it wasn't going to, wasn't going to happen. Like no one's going to play division one, you know, how hard it is kind of thing, but just kept working. And um, so graduated from there, started out first year at a high school playing for the Boston Bandits in the EJ. Last year was the EJ stayed there till Christmas. I only played like, four or six games um and by this point like there's guys who are already true freshmen in college in yeah. college at my age you know but i was like it's i have time yeah, i have time um, and then i ended up going down to u18 washington little caps in the tier one league um so took like i guess some would say a step back uh and then the year after that went over to wilkesbury in the eastern hockey league and played two years there um so i'm the definition of a late bloomer like in high school i was at sophomore freshman year i was no joke, five five, one hundred and forty pounds. Wow. Yeah, and then junior year hit a growth spurt and started itching towards six feet. And then senior year, I was around six one, six two, but still like one hundred and seventy pounds, like super light. Yeah. So it took me a while to kind of build into my frame. Um, but yeah, so fast forward, went back to Wilkesbury, did two years there, and then in my last year of eligibility at twenty years old, I was twenty years old at the time. Um, my age out year, I committed to university of Maine. So, uh, I, I always knew it was going to work out. I know I had to work hard and, um, I, I just had this weird belief in me, you know, I think that's a lot of things. I guess like a huge factor is just like that, that belief in yourself. And I think you'd surprise yourself with what, what you could do, you know? 
that that like self belief is so important. I feel like because it's and even if I, I find it funny how like we don't really express it too because like you were saying how you when you did say it people were kind of like ah oh, like fuck off kind of mm. you know yeah yeah so I think a lot of us kind of we have these like dreams in our own head and we don't uh we don't say it because it's it's we have our vision but it's like hard for other people to see it but it's like that self-belief can go so far oh yeah i mean big time i mean i i remember my first year junior i was in the ej like i said with boston bandits and uh i didn't play at all that year really i mean i was there for what september october november december i was there for like four months four and a half months so i kind of use that time to just go to college hockey games i'd sometimes go to two in a game two in a day i'd so i'd friday i'd go to a game saturday i'd go to a game and i'm in bridgewater mass you can hit up yeah like so many different college games and i'd go with a couple buddies and stuff and i'd be like yeah i'm gonna be out there one day 100 i'm gonna play division one college hockey and i remember three of my teammates that were with me at the game like no joke laughed in my face and said like perez like shut up like that's never gonna happen like i like like i promise you it's never, we got like, into a heated debate I'm like I, I know what's gonna happen just watch and I, they just kept laughing at me and saying, like, shut up. Like, it's not going to happen. I promise you. And I had, like, a little list in my notes um, of all the people that told me I wouldn't <laughs> do it. And, and honestly, they were right. If I had played four games at this point. Yeah. And I'm 18, 19 years old. Guys are already true freshmen. It's like, yeah, I mean, I could see why they'd think that I'm, it's not going to happen. But I got comfortable with just expressing how I felt and what yeah. I wanted out of my life. And I understood that not everyone's going to have the same vision as me and that's completely okay. Um, but I just kind of used that negativity that I received back as fuel to the fire, um, which Dude, I think is That's important. unbelievable. Yeah. That's like the classic fucking seeing it in your head and making it a reality. Yeah. Which is, and it's so cool when it actually happens, but, uh, dude, seeing, um, like people saying that to you, and you uh, kind of just ignoring it is I th- that takes a lot of strength because that can be so like devastating to hear. So it hurt. Props to you for no, that. Like, I appreciate <laughs> that. No, thanks. Yeah, it, it definitely hurt. Um, and it's kind of funny. Like I got clowned like in high school for it. I clowned all the juniors for it. Um, and like I said, I had like a, a list of notes of uh, people who I have like, a list of people who told me it wasn't going to happen. And it's kind of funny. To, it's kind of funny to see like the people who made fun of me for even giving juniors a shot, like not going to college, how like I'll grab some beers with them and they'll be like, I wish I was still playing. Like, it's kind of funny how they'll go back on what they said and just, yeah, using that yeah. fuel of fire. So, um, at the time in your head, when you were kind of like, I want to prove the wrong, did you plan like, Oh, when I do make it, I'm going to go tell them to fuck off. Uh, I really wanted to do that, but I'm not the type to actually yeah. balls to do it. Um, I just kind of had this vision in my head that uh, they know for sure. They do, and they, they know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've had I had that too. I kind of have like people that would uh, tell me like you're not, or like teachers even that would tell me. Like when I was at Marshfield High, I'd tell them like, oh, I'm going to go play hockey in college and pro and stuff. And they'd tell me like, like pick a more realistic goal. Like I, that was my, I remember doing a project uh, for an essay, an English teacher. It was our dream job. So I wrote like the NHL and stuff. Like, and uh, it was like, pick a more realistic job. Yeah. And like telling them I was going to play division one teacher would be like, no, you're not. And so it's like, 
when I got to D1, it, I was, like, I always had this plan that I was going to be like, like fucking email them, tell them to the fuck <laughs> off. But I'm like, I got to the point, I was like, you know what? I'm here and I'm laughing. They fucking know. Like, yeah, they'll I think see and back off, you know? Yeah, we're both <laughs> on the same page with that. Um, I think we're both, you know, like that, where we just have these big goals that are just some unrealistic goals. But I think, uh, yeah, that, that's all, like you said, that self belief is just so important. And I think one thing we both realized was that people telling you something is kind of a reflection of their own self view and kind yeah. of a reflection of the things that they hear from their external sources that they're getting information from, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of just negativity that people are getting fed by other people. And, you know, like, like Tark always says, like feed in which wolf, right? The good, yeah. bad, the, the good wolf or the bad wolf. And I think we always yeah. feed the good wolf, feed the positive wolf. And sometimes I think people tend to feed the bad wolf and give into that. That's true. It, it's tough. Cause dude, having that, inner belief and confidence that it's going to work out and you almost have to be stubborn enough to keep going because it's like you could kind of so stubborn you're ignoring what everyone says but the person that is t talking you down saying that you're not going to do it is simply just pissed off that they don't have that like crazy self-belief and confidence that you have so it's they're trying to like bring you down to their level yeah which it, they can you, fuck off exactly and you said <laughs> you said it perfectly it's a crazy it's the it's crazy like it is crazy man like yeah Dude, you working out to some at one in the morning, two in the morning is fucking crazy. Something like, you don't understand. But that's like a switch that you have that makes you where you are and makes you who you are. And not everybody yep. has that. So people don't understand that. And the fact yeah. that I was in my first year of junior not playing while there's kids all over the country playing, you know, in the NHL at this point been committed to division one for two, three years or already playing division one. Yeah. It's crazy for me to think that I'm playing division one college hockey and beyond, but that's why I was able to get where I was at. And I was every year I was just watching kids yeah. quit, quit first year, junior quit hockey, second yeah. year, junior quit hockey. I'm like, perfect. Fuck yeah. more opportunity for me. <laughs> keep, keep quitting exactly. everybody. Like, go, go ahead keep giving up. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's easy to quit. It's harder to keep pushing. Like when, uh, even when it looks like it's not going to happen, but, you, like the confidence isn't just like the confidence comes from because you know yourself better than anyone and you know how hard you're going to work you know mm -hmm. the hours you're putting in that people aren't so it's like it's not like a this fucking fake confidence or it's it is realistic in your own mind because you already you know yourself better than them so exactly. i think that's cool um when you did finally get to maine um which you were, I believe you were a 21-year-old freshman, right? Yep. So just a quick note for the people um, out there. If you have that dream, even if you even if you don't make it, fucking try, man. Like, what else are you going to be doing? Like, if you love hockey, at least try. And maybe you maybe you don't go D1, but you go D3 and you get to play hockey in college. So it's, it's the better alternative than fucking quitting hockey at 18 to go settle and just go to college as a normal student i believe and uh, i think you would agree oh 100 oh, i mean all you're doing is adding longevity to your playing career yep we talked about this you have the rest of your life to work yeah what exactly. in, in whatever capacity it may be it could be in a cubicle nine to five it could be doing photography work at weddings it could be you know whatever you choose to do for work you have the rest of your life to do that 
but you only have a short window to play hockey. So by playing juniors for one, two, three years, and then yeah. doing four years of college hockey, and maybe some pro after, all you're doing is adding longevity to that. And yeah. I think a lot of people I've seen who just gave up and started working. When I entered my freshman year in 2015, 16, they're like, they wish they were in my position. And those are the same people who just went right to school. So it's kind of fun to see how that. Yeah, they, they regret it because they, they see a kid like you who they thought didn't have a shot at 18. They fucking quit hockey. Mm-hmm. And then they see you go and make it at 21. They're like, oh, shit, what if I didn't quit? So like, is that your, if you do quit, I think you're always going to have that regret of like, what if I kept going? Would I have made a D1? Would I have? So I think I would rather 100% rather know and fail than not know and not try. So I think that's a huge lesson. Um, Your time at Maine, what are your, what are your thoughts? Like uh, college in general, playing college hockey when you finally had the chance to hop on the ice like what was your did you have that realization like wow i i'm here that cool moment yeah it was um it came pretty quick i mean college hockey was the best four years of my life best experience and um opening weekend we had michigan state north dakota um yeah so that was uh we played down in portland at the cross insurance center um sold out we won both games in a shootout which technically don't count in college hockey but my eyes tournament and and to rob mcgovern they count <laughs> that was a big one for bubba right yeah his first two starts or i think yeah his first was, start right north dakota when north dakota was his first start yeah, yeah yeah so he played the second night against north dakota and he wanted yeah. to shoot i let him one goal and they ended up winning the national championship yeah, so. yeah, yeah didn't he have like close to 50 saves yeah he played he's, on his head he's he's sick <laughs> but when bubba's on he's on dude he can oh uh, yeah <laughs> well, yeah and he'll even tell you this too in practice he just stands there yeah. but when it comes when he's a gamer he's a gamer you know dude, even in warm-ups he just stands there <laughs> but when he when it's game time he go he's ready <laughs> i think he might t- he takes three shots in warm-ups and calls yeah. i'm good i'm good yeah legit <laughs> but but yeah so that was um he came pretty quick just kind of um like wow college hockey this is and we played notre dame that year too and a bunch of crazy teams so um yeah, man, playing at the Alphon, best fans in the world. They're awesome. That was incredible. And um, I think it was huge for me, uh, you know, grow, going into school at 21. I, I wasn't ready at 18. Honestly, mm-hmm. even at 21, I can't even say I was ready because college is a lot. It's a lot to handle, especially being a student athlete. But it was just a great experience. I think I grew a lot as a player, grew a lot as a person. And um, just everything you'd ever dream of, it, it was yeah. that and more. Um, both on the ice, off the ice. I've met so many unbelievable guys, um, so many different types of people. I had been to Maine only a handful of times, um, but living there, it just expanded my perspective on so much. Yep. Um, Mainers are a special type of people, man. They're they're unbelievable. They're awesome. I think that they they're so grounded and live a cool lifestyle. And you know, there's always that saying, "Keep Maine weird." Like. Maine yeah. is a weird place, man, but it's an awesome place. People there are awesome. Um, the culture is so cool. So, yeah, it was just, from every standpoint, such an unbelievable life experience and hockey experience for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, you actually kind of became a bit of a nature guy. Was that because of Maine? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, I, I live 13 miles outside New York City. So yeah. if you want to find any sort of remoteness or wilderness, you have to work for it man you got to drive like hour and a half 
two hours and and then you're i mean you still have cell phone service it's great like you know you're still like kind of in some pretty busy area but going to maine man it was just it's just such a beautiful state and it's so diverse with its landscape you have the beaches you have you have the rocky coastline in near acadia you've got 100 mile wilderness up north um where it's just super remote and yeah i mean it's it's a beautiful place and I saw myself in an opportunity where this was so new to me, where I had to check it out, had to explore. Yeah. And I luckily had my roommate, Brennan Robbins, who's from New Hampshire and he's, he grew up around that stuff. So he, um, he really helped me out with introducing me to all that stuff. And we would go on few hikes a year, a couple of camping trips and explore the state in other ways. So, um, yeah, man, it was just, I really, I really changed into a nature guy. <laughs> I still go on hikes up there and I, yeah. Uh, Main main is always gonna have a place in my heart. We shared that too. Uh, oh, we went on a few uh, hikes. We went on quite a few yeah. hikes. Well, dude, that I think I had a combination of like going to school in New Hampshire and and Maine that mm-hmm. kind of made me start enjoying that. But it was mostly at Maine. I started like walking the trails behind mm-hmm. the the grove and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's it. I mean, it's different. It's just like a cool. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, if you if you've done it, it's just like a cool little. Even if you do it alone, it's just like oh yeah, it's yeah. nice. It is. We uh awesome. we did go on a hike. I think it was yeah for my freshman year, your sophomore year. At the end, yeah. we went to some random fucking mountain that you. I don't know where you found it. But <laughs> I have this app called I have all trails. This app called All Trails, and I would just go on there all the time and just look for hikes. Uh, I got serious in doing that. I'm downloading the apps, all that, but. <laughs> Yeah, I forget where that hike was, but it was a pretty remote area. It was, it was a really good hike. It was tough. Yeah. But, yeah. Dude, it was in the middle of nowhere. It was sketchy as hell, but the, the trail up the mountain was unbelievable, and the view up top was sick, too. Oh, yeah. Was that uh, my senior year? Your sophomore year. Okay. It was at the very wow. end. Remember, it was me, you, Dinger, and Dane. Yes, yes. Borstone Mountain. That's what it was? Went to Borstone Mountain. Do you remember on the way there you lost connection on your GPS? I did. And we had to ask that fucking yeah, that trailer random dude. And like a, is yeah, it, a it was like an open field? that's all there was out there. Uh-huh. And that dude, you asked him, and he was sketchy as hell, and he just didn't acknowledge you and started walking into his house. I, <laughs> I thought he was gonna come out with a fucking shotgun. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you, I think you literally said that, and then he's gonna come out with a shotgun, like be ready to bolt out of here so i had to quickly turn turn my car around just to kind of like prepare to go yeah. back up the road in case he did but yeah great hike. he was getting his boy his boy was <laughs> yeah. the fucking the, the, <laughs> the gps guy i asked him a question he just breezes me yeah. walks into his house doesn't, doesn't say a word and yeah. then he just I'm like okay and then he just brings out his buddy like here he's he's got the directions I'm he's like, the map guy told me that yeah you, ha- you had to be weird about it you, you couldn't just tell me you're getting your buddy oh, who knows shit. where to go you had yeah to- that was terrifying that was funny though that was good times oh yeah uh your your freshman year is it true that that you had a game winner against uh was it on senior night did you save senior night i'm trying to remember it was so long ago i can't even i mean oh uh, yeah that did happen <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding but no uh yeah, senior night, um, freshman year against Merrimack, scored the game winner. Um, but real quick, the night before, I uh, I get the puck. It's a rim on the half wall, and I like saw my centerman come through the middle of the ice, and yeah. 
I just I thought it'd be really smart to do a no look between the between the legs backhand pass through the middle. Merrimack kid picks it right up and just <laughs> far down against. Uh, I think it was Mo. It was a net at the time and just uh, so embarrassing. Like the longest ten foot skate to the bench. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, the night after played against Merrimack again and won made it up overtime. for it. Yeah, made up for it. Won it in overtime. Had the greatest celebration of my life. I think I was on a pogo stick. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I had like three goals all that year. So uh, like every year. But yeah, that, there's nothing like uh, an OT winner in the Alphon. No, the man. electricity. And I never even scored an OT winner in my life at this point. So scoring that one was so like so cool. Oh, you yeah, get chills awesome. throughout the body. It's oh yeah, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You just, yeah, it was, it was super cool. So having the the fans of the Alphon is something special, man. It it's like you kind of take it for granted a little bit during your time, but like you make a big hit and the fucking crowd goes nuts. And so it's just a cool ass feeling oh, having them. It's it's unbelievable. Like they they get fired up for everything and in warm ups, um, chirping the goalie, chirping the other team. Uh, it's so cool. I think the awesome, like most awesome thing that they do is the starting, uh, the starting lineups. Oh yeah, where they where they chirp each guy when he goes to the um, to the blue line. I think that's the coolest thing because it's so quiet and all you hear is yeah. them like in unison, loser. It's yeah. all that. Yeah, it's, it is unbelievable. They're, they're the, yeah, they're the best. We did have some. Uh, we did have some playing time together. We we were linemates for some time. I wasn't. Probably mostly your junior year, my sophomore year, we had probably that was our most time together. I, I think, think we had we, had, we some. had some time sophomore year too, I'm pretty sure. Remember we scored we each scored against uh, RPI. Yes. You're oh we you were yes. Yeah, oh, we were on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my first that was my first weekend. Uh and we had we had two goals. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were on fire. Why the fuck did they separate us? I don't know. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know. We we did well together though, but uh, right. I would have loved to play with you more, man. It would have been so fun. We, we would have had it. We would have had it all. I mean, you would have had the skill and made the plays, and I would have been, and you would have been hitting too, and I would have been laying body, and you know, yeah, it would have yeah. been so fun. We did. It was always fun playing with you. I, it was like just a good vibe because you just went out, you fucking played hard. We we hit. We fucking for and for whatever reason, when I played with you, like if I look back on it, dude. My points per game playing with you was probably way higher. <laughs> I don't for whatever reason. I just remember like scoring a lot with you. Yeah, no, I I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I I try to be a sneaky good linemate, you know. I not overly flashy, but sneakily kind of get the job done. And having guys like you to play with, man, you you make playing it easy. And I always know where you are. I know you got you got a lot of ability. So I thought we had a good good thing going. Yeah, I love playing, man. But, hey, we got. Yeah, hopefully quite a few years of pro hockey that we can yeah. find, our, find ourselves in the same team, team together one day. And you never know. That never know, man. Never know. Yeah, that was that was good times. Oh yeah. Um. So you're yeah. We'll talk a little bit too. Like, uh, obviously, you went from Maine and you went and played in the springtime. And I don't mean it's not a big deal, but you were I think over a point per game in that spring. That was pretty. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I had a but good, I want, uh, good stint. I want you to talk about kind of like the difference, right? Like your initial reactions, the difference of college hockey and pro hockey. Yeah. Um, college and pro are night and day different. Um, 
college hockey, they're on you for everything. Um, there's a lot to manage. There's a, there's a lot of both off the ice and on the ice, and there's a lot going on. And I think, I think the off ice stuff of managing school, it can kind of get in the way of um, the on ice stuff. I mean, if you have like a big test that you haven't really been studying for and you have it later that day to practice, probably going to be thinking about that. And sometimes it can be a little bit harder to turn that switch off. So, yeah, I, mean, I think as a game, college, is, college hockey is sick, man. Everyone's so good. Um, and same with pro, but it's just, it's, it's so, uh, so fast. And so I guess run and gun, I guess you could say, because you play 30 some something games a year and they're separated Friday, Saturday. So, um, you're always fighting for a spot in the lineup and every point, every game matters. Whereas in, in pro you're playing 72 games a year. Um, sometimes you're playing three and three, sometimes you're playing five games and seven, eight nights. So, um, it's just a different style. And yeah, I went down there and just tried to do the things that, you know, got me there in the first place, which is just being simple and using my size, using my body and didn't change too much and found some success there. And yeah, I did, uh, did pretty well, like you said, over a point a game. And, um, yeah, I was just super grateful for that opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in pro hockey playing with Greenville. was awesome. Love that organization. And, I'm still super thankful to Coach Kerr for giving me that opportunity. So, um, and Coach Thomas. So, yeah, man, it, it was it was definitely different different styles of play, but yeah, it was it's it's it was awesome experience for sure. I heard that it's kind of it's almost like not easier, but it's like smoother where more people are in the right position, the play goes smoother, and it almost makes it easier to play in a way. Like this is what yeah. Jay Leach told me. Exactly. I, I think in college, everyone's so um, on edge because they're just trying to like every shift that feels like is like a game seven yeah. final, th- final three minutes. Every, everyone feels like that all the time. Yeah. So I think guys are just like moving a million miles an hour trying to do everything. At, and like, they're thinking so much over, uh, overstimulation in a sense. Whereas like pro yeah. it's like, okay, like take your time. Like I think passes are crisper sometimes mm-hmm. and guys are always in the right spot. So the game's a little bit slower, but it's at times cleaner. Um, I think there's more open space too, but, but yeah, I mean, I think what you said was perfect where it's just, it's just a little bit different in that aspect, but um, man, there, there's some sick players in, in both college and pro obviously, you know, like even the coast, there's some unbelievable players down oh, there. Oh yeah. Uh, it definitely is. Yeah, so it's just different in that aspect where, you know, guys are kind of, I wouldn't say running around a little bit more in college, but just kind of moving quicker. And um, I think when you slow the game down a little bit in pro, it kind of can make things just a, a tad bit cleaner at times. Yeah, and I think, like, you'll see some guys will be a better pro, and I think it's for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do, they'll do better in pro than they did in college. It's funny. Yeah. It fits different I, people. Exactly. Just different styles. I think people adapt differently too. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Ever since I've known you, you've kind of, you've been a big ideas guy, which is similar to me. You're always brainstorming different, you're your creative mind and you're always brainstorming different uh, things to do. You would, uh, you would definitely go to Dinger. I remember having a new idea all the time. One point you were going to be a magician. I remember that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, you're always kind of that similar to me, but I know you kind of always put it off 
And I know you, you've wanted, you've had different ideas of a podcast that you've wanted to start yeah. over the past probably five years or so. Recently, you reached out to me and you said, oh, I did a thing. Like I started a podcast yeah. and I'm like, oh, fuck, he finally, he finally is doing it. Like, I wonder what it is. And uh, your podcast is called The Monkey Mind. And I want to talk about, because you could have went a lot of different directions with where you went creatively because i mean you're a funny personality but the direction you went in i want you to describe what your podcast is about and why you chose that path yeah so um i created the monkey mind podcast uh which is about athletes and mental health and um giving athletes current and former a, a platform to kind of come on and talk about some of the things that they've dealt with with their mental health and some of the things they struggled with um and yeah, I mean the way. So, like you said, I I have a lot of ideas, and um, <clears throat> if you know me closely, you know that as well. I just I've got a lot going on in my head. Uh, I don't know if it's the ADHD or what, but uh, I just always find kind of wanted a way to express my creative side, and I haven't really found what that was. So I kind of dabbled with a few ideas, and I would just kind of brainstorm and bounce it off some people. And it does seem ridiculous, but I do kind of like was like, yeah, maybe, maybe being a magician would be cool. It just Cause I think with, you know, you you identify as a hockey player so much, which I think is great, but I kind of wanted to branch off and be, you know, a hockey player, but, oh, I also do this too. You know, there's more to me than just that. Um, so I kind of had a bunch of ideas and then, yeah, pretty much um, two weeks ago, I was just laying in bed one night and I was just like, what do, like, what do I want in life? What's, what's my purpose? What am I doing? Like, so I came over to my little desk here in my room and I wrote down a note card um, that over there, but it pretty much says, oh, I got it right here. It's uh, I wrote down this note card. I want to give back, do good and make an impact. Um, and over the coming days, I this this light bulb and it was just like, make that podcast you've always wanted to do. So yeah, I started the monkey mind podcast and, did a couple interviews on my own. Um, I interviewed you. I interviewed Malx. And then um, I got in touch with this kid, Anthony Florentino, who played at Providence. And he decided that, you know, I was going to interview him. But he was like, yeah, I want to join you. And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's do this together. So we started that. And it's it's our project now. And um, I think it's just something that's been so important to me. Um, as you know, Shazo, we, we've talked. I've had some pretty bad anxiety. It's gotten some depression at times. and. Um, it's something I've always dealt with my whole life. Um, and I think that this is something super important to me. So I, I feel like it's a way for me to kind of tell my story and allow others to tell theirs and hopefully help those who suffer in silence and kind of went through similar things that I did and go through hard times to know that they're not alone and just give players a, an outlet to kind of talk about it or listen and hear others tell their story and, um, you know, just resonate with those messages. I think it's awesome. I think you can, if you, you should, I want you to keep going with it. And I think it can do, I think it become very big because it's not that that's your like only reason you're doing it. Cause you have a goal of helping people, but I, and I think that's why it will become so big because the more people that you have on, like you've already had a lot already and you're seeing the similar pattern like I've listened and there's a very common theme with these guys who are all at high levels of hockey 
And they're all going through very similar situations, struggling mentally in silence. Mm-hmm. And the more that you put it out there, I think the more people will realize that it's okay to talk about and that it's normal to have these thoughts. And then they're more likely to now go talk to a teammate or even their sports psychologist about the struggle. So I think that it can be really big in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love for this to blow up, man. I, like I said, the, the whole reason why I'm doing this is just to make an impact and help people. Cause as someone who's been in such a really um, tough and vulnerable position that I was in at, at times, uh, I know that feeling very well and it's, it's the worst. It sucks. There's no way around it. Um, and at times I, I would have, I would have wanted to tell people, but you want to keep things to yourself because I wanted to be a good teammate and um, I didn't want to burden anybody. I know everyone else has their own stuff going on too. So I don't, what, like, what good is it going to do for me to burden someone else with shit that they don't need to hear? Cause they probably have stuff. They have their own shit going on, you know? So I just figured, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll hopefully give people a safe place to come on and talk about it and get things off their chest. So like you said, there's that common theme of people suffering in silence. And that's one thing I realized when I started to open up to people was that, wow, there's a lot of people just like me. Um, I'm not the only one going through this. And I think that if we can create a a place where people can kind of come together and openly share their stories, it's going to be, you know, beneficial for everybody. Yeah. And I think like you said just now, uh, how you, kind of kept it silent because you think you know everyone has their own shit which they do but i think that's the thing there when you open up to them it now gives them the opportunity to open up to you about the shit that they're going through because i think so many people just i don't know if they they feel weak if they go and like talk about it yeah so i think yeah starting that message will um will can go a long way definitely yeah and uh for for you personally like what, uh, like I'm sure, like I'm sure you, you obviously like your family knew like, cause you had, you said from a young age, you had anxiety and stuff, but, um, what, at what point, how long did you kind of keep to yourself about it and struggle in silence? And at what point did you decide, like, I feel comfortable talking to people about it? Uh, it was weird. Uh, I think throughout college, I started getting more comfortable with it. Um, I think more specifically my junior year, um, I was going through a really hard time um, and I was, you know, not really dealing with it in the proper ways. And, you know, like the Sunday scaries, yeah. I'd have those, I'd have those multiple times throughout the week. And yeah. uh, I kind of just like started joking about that stuff, you know, at the rink or hanging out with buddies like, oh. My, my anxiety is so bad right now. I got the worst scaries and just like, you know, weirdly, like just like, I like to, you know, me, I like to trip myself all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I like weird, I start doing it like that. And then the more I started doing it, the more I started just like getting more comfortable with, you know, catching guys one, one, like, you know, me, you and Quinny were in the car that one night. And I just like, instead of in a joking manner this time, I was just like, yeah, man, like my anxiety is actually super bad. Yeah. So I think like kind of being in that pit and, trying to like cope with it in certain ways and then joking about the ways I was coping with it and having the anxiety from that, I think um, it was like practice to get me more comfortable being open to people about it. So, um, and then, you know, when things got more serious, I just started 
the, that weight became so unbearable that I was like, yeah, I just got to get this off my chest. I can't just like hide this. Like I can't keep joking about this anymore. This is mm-hmm. serious. I got to really tell people like what's going on. So having a good support system and having guys like you who, you know, guys like you are awesome because they, you just, you make it known to people that you're there for them and you're super good friends. So it's, it was nice. I was able to feel comfortable with guys like you and Quinny and a bunch of others who I can go down the list, but they know who they are. So that, that was awesome too. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. Having that uh, conversation in the car. I remember we were, I think probably, I don't know what day it was, but there was something going on inside. I think maybe it was the bear brew or something that we were going to go in but we ended up sitting in the car for about like an hour more. Just yeah. started talking. I I remember hearing like you express like the shit on your mind and kind of like the anxiety and shit that you were going through. And I remember kind of being almost shocked of because you're the kind of guy like you're hilarious. Like when people I'll do like Q and A sometimes and people will be like, who's the funniest guy you play with? And you always pop in my head. Like you're just yeah. this positive energy funny ass dude who's just always mm-hmm. joking and stuff <clears throat> which yeah. kind of makes it like you never know like sometimes the guy who is always bringing joy and laughter to other people is struggling and you don't realize that yeah um <clears throat> yeah i um i've always loved hockey and that was my outlet for a while um and so like you know I was at, you know, showing up to the rink. I'd, you know, I'm, I'm a clown everywhere, but especially at the rink is like a haven for me. So I'd love just the locker rooms, the best, you know, being yeah. in the showers with the guys, the best, the dry stalls, like all that. I just, I love it so, so much. And there was a point where I wasn't really getting much joy out of, out of going to the rink. And um, I'm not really the most, I think education is important, but I don't think, I don't like school. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so not getting joy from hockey at that point was really tough for me. Um, so I just, other ways to like escape and, you know, find a little bit of like, I guess, happiness or just to get away. Cause there was stress coming from every level. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. I, I, I always try to be, I, I love to see a smile on other people's faces, which I think is a lot of the reason why I am the way I am. Um, so I just love being like a team guy and stuff. So they kind of bother me that, you know, when you're not playing for so long and you're not playing for two months at a time. It's hard to feel part of the team when it's the one thing that you want yeah. is to feel like it's to be on the team, be on the ice. You know, when all you're doing is practicing, it, it hurts. You don't even feel like a teammate, you know, yeah. you know, you're hanging out with the guys and they're talking about the games that weekend. What the hell do you have to contribute to mm-hmm. that conversation? So that was really hard on me but I always try to just have a smile on my face. And that was kind of another way I kind of coped with it was um, just being like a clown and trying to, I guess, fight through it that way. So I think that's, that's the thing I noticed with a lot of guys is who are like that is they just, they try to remain who they are um, and try and escape it by being the clown and all that. But deep down they really have stuff kind of bothering them. So it's tough. It's, it's hard when you, all you want to do is be happy and, you really struggle to find that. Like you said, I, I try to be really happy and positive. Um, but when, yeah, when it's hard to find that, it can be tough. Do you think the main drive of like the anxiety and at times depression was that 
like the hockey part where you know you're saying you weren't playing two months at a time and you just saying that man like i can see that like there like after a game on the weekend all everyone's talking about is the game during the week and if you're not playing man like how like alone that you could feel in that moment like do you think that was the main source of it uh, i think yeah it was all of it um yeah i'd say a lot of, well i'd say 90 percent to yeah i'd say around 90 percent of it um there's obviously some other external factors you know like but I think 90% of it was that. I mean, it's one thing if you're a red shirt, you're a transfer, like, you mm-hmm. know, you're not going to play. That's your expectation going into the year. You're not going to play. You have to sit out NCAA rule. But just to know that, you know, I'm beating myself up. I have massive expectations. I want to play after school. Uh, yeah. If I'm not playing in school, I'm not going to get the opportunity to play out of school. And, you know, you're hanging out with the guys and they talk, like you said, they talk about the game. You're in a suit for two months. What, what are you going to contribute? You know, like, mm-hmm. And then you start working in your head, like, what do you guys think of me? They probably think I'm dog shit. Uh, they probably think I'm just, like, a scratch for the rest of the year. Like, your mind starts to work, at least for me. I'm a worrier, so that's just how my brain works sometimes. And, yeah, it was just – it was it was very tough um, to, to deal with that. So I think 90% of it was definitely my, was definitely hockey. It's all I've done my whole life. It's all I've cared about. It's, it's all that's been there for me. It's all I've identified with, and um, it's – the one thing that's made me happy and in a way that other things can't. Yeah. So it hurts when that's getting taken away from you for whatever reason it may be. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and point the finger. Like I, I wasn't doing the things I needed to do by any means. Like I, I, I don't I think I was performing and like at times it's, it's tough to give a million percent effort mm-hmm. when you're supposed to, you know, and if you're not giving a million percent effort, then what does that show other people that you don't yeah. care? But I do care. I just, I got other shit going on. That's not, like, I, my physical effort can't be there because my mental health isn't where it oh, needs yeah. to be. Yeah. That, uh, I think so. The people <clears throat> from the outside that are not athletes may like look at a situation like that and be like, oh, come on. You know, like, this is, you know, it's just a sport, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's real life shit. But what they don't understand is like, this is our life. Like for our whole lives, we've had this dream of playing hockey. Like in our head, we have this vision. We're going to go play D1. We're going to go make the NHL. This is our fucking life that we've dedicated 20 plus years to, to doing this. And we're this close. And then you get there and you have someone like rip that away from you, like trying to rip. It feels like they're ripping that Mm -hmm. away from you. Mm -hmm can is the fuck that is a terrible feeling that people wouldn't understand unless they're unless they fucking are experiencing that oh exactly and you said it too i mean um people kind of be like oh like they it's not a pity party like you signed up for this like 100 percent. like but you said this is our this is our life i mean I'm, I'm a very grateful person i wake up i write three things down every day that i'm grateful for and it's always like my health and my family and a couple other things, you know, like whatever it may be that day. But it's always pretty much the same couple things. And I know that it could always be worse. I could have a life-threatening disease. I'm very well aware of that. But I'm so appreciative of what I do have. And I know that the things that I do have in my life, like hockey, that I put so much weight in, carry a lot of that weight. So it's not like I'm just unappreciative because I'm, I'm so appreciative of what I've done, what I've achieved, and, and where I currently am. But when you're in it and, and you're not – being able to do the one thing that you've worked your whole life to do, 
it, it hurts. And whether I was an age out or, you know, a guy who didn't get any, any money coming in to play, I wasn't a scholarship guy. I can openly say that. And I don't feel like any sort of embarrassment from that. Cause it's like, it makes my story even better. I didn't get yeah. any scholarship money. You know, I had to really work. Doesn't matter. Like, I wasn't being like, Oh, I'm a no money guy. I'm not going to play. Like, no, I'm yeah. a no money guy. And I'm here to beat out guys who are on scholarship, you okay. know? And that's another pressure I apply. And then like, when that's not happening, it just still hurts because that's just the mentality that like, that's how we're wired. Absolutely. You know, I just always just strive for that greatness. So Dude, it's, yeah, who we, it it's who we've been. Like, <clears throat> sorry. Our whole life we've been a hockey player. Like, so when you're not like in the, if you're not playing or like you're not getting a lot of minutes, it feels like you're kind of lost in a way. Cause you're like, all right, well, if I'm not a hockey player right now, then what the, like, what, what am I? So it's, it's, it's a very hard situation. And I, and I, I'm very happy that you're opening up about this stuff and doing that podcast. But I think, yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. I just, you know, it's just crazy. Like you realize a lot of people kind of go through the same things and it, it when you're in it, it sucks, but if you know that other people go through it. It's a, it makes you feel a little bit better because you, you feel oh, yeah. more normal. It's it's more normal. Like you, you said this perfectly. It's more normal to go through it than it is yeah. to not in a sense. I think there's more people going through some sort of ang- anxiety or um, those worry feelings or depression that, that mm-hmm. aren't. You know what I mean? And so I think if we just normalize talking about it, a lot more people are not going to feel so ashamed of it. Or um, It's normal to feel a little bit lost at times. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Just trying to find your path, you know? Definitely. What – for people like going through a similar situation, what do you think, how do you best deal with it? Like, how do you kind of get yourself out of that slump and back feeling happy? Do you, do you find a different thing to get your mind off it or just kind of go into that? Yeah. I, one thing I realized is just while, um, well, so a couple of things I I used to cope as I wake up in the morning, I meditate for 10 minutes a day. I use the app headspace. Um, I'm, I'm someone for me personally, what works for me is I need structure. So um, I like to get up in the morning, get a workout in, and I like to have that done out of the way. I, I feel great. And then um, nutrition's everything, man. I think for me, I, I try to eat healthy. I mean, granted, I'll have pizzas and I'll, I'll eat, I'll drink Coke and Pepsi and Sprite and all that stuff. So I'm not like, I'll have my cheat days or I guess you would say or my cheat meals, whatever it may be. But for the most part, I think I eat pretty healthy. And um, yeah, man, I, I think a couple of those things are just so important. Um, just trying to live the healthiest possible lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you know some some things you may want to you know whether it be like drinking too much like that just makes you feel even worse. Oh yeah, and it's just not not a good way to go about things. But you know, even though I, there was a time where I was drinking too much and stuff, I, it was a learning experience. Um, I can't rewind time, um, but all I can do is look back on that and say, look, I, I, that's a place I don't want to go down, down again. And I've learned from that. So yeah, I just, I guess the meditation, having some structure, getting a workout in the morning, trying to be outside, get active. Those just some of the things that work for me and help with my mental health. And um, at the end of the day, just trying to have fun with everything. Um, Hockey is supposed to be fun. That's why you played yeah. in the first place. Exactly. exactly. That's why you played. That's why I yeah. play. It's why 90% or 99% of people play. It's because it's fun. Hell yeah. So as long as you just trying to have fun with everything, that's the most important thing. Yeah, you got to find the, the fun in the little things, like fun in the sport, not the 
like going out on the ice practicing just having fun like enjoying your life like i i think a lot of things you just said is definitely i can see how those be helpful just like meditation kind of slowing your heart rate clearing mm -hmm. your mind just yep. like for sure um i think it from what i've kind of seen it's important to that it's it's okay that hockey for hockey to make you happy but it's not okay that if hockey is what makes you happy because you can't just have one thing like hockey that makes you happy because when it's gone it's going to be gone at one point or another mm -hmm. like you're going to get older and you're going to have to retire eventually but even if in you're in the moment and you're not playing and hockey's the only thing <clears throat> that makes you happy you're kind of fucked because then you're going to go down a bad fuck down the slope so you kind of have to find that like what you have to learn to just be happy with life and just kind of like oh with, yeah like with yourself and kind of different things that you're enjoying so it's not that one thing that is the only thing that is making you happy without a doubt i which is why like we talked about like how i was joking about like being a magician or trying to find other things because i felt like i was just putting so much into hockey that like I didn't have anything else, you know, like I didn't have anything else. So it's, it's like what it, it's important to have fun playing hockey, but not, ha not have hockey be the root of your happiness because yeah. you're not, you're not gonna be very happy. Like you said it perfectly. What after every bad game, you should be pissed off. No one wants to be around a guy like that. So it's important that hockey is supposed to be an addition to your happiness, but just to find happiness in like the little things um, in life itself. And just not apply so much pressure. It's okay. I think pressure is good. Like the, the expression pressure makes diamonds and all that stuff. So it, there's healthy pressure. But when it comes to a point where it's debilitating and it's um, causing more stress than anything, I think that you need to find another outlet to kind of take your mind off things. For sure. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And definitely the, you're saying magician is like an example. Is kind yeah. Of well, like yeah. A, it's a funny example, but it's like, it's real. I mean, you had a side passion, mm -hmm. you know, like, and now it's, you know, a podcast for me, it's, I'm making videos. These are things that make me happy, things that I can still do, but also just like different things that little things throughout the day that bring happiness and enjoyment that it's not just hockey. Exactly. I think that is a key. Exactly, it. man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and it's important to cast many different lines. Like I just, like you said, the magician line, it was kind of funny. I just kind of, kind of threw out there, but it was like photography at one point. It was maybe, you know, mountain biking or something just trying to fight i was just looking to explore so many different ways and find like an external passion and i think this podcast is something that kind of fell into my lap here where it's just like one night just kind of boom this is this is this is actually gonna be something that i could do that i'm passionate about i could tell my story and hopefully help others and um it'd be, it'd be something fun like podcasts are super fun i, I really enjoy doing them so yeah I, I think it's just important to find something else to do because if all you got to hockey i mean like you said, that day's gonna come to an end, and what it else can do you be have? Dark. Yeah, it's 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 tough. So super important stuff, and I think the podcast. I'm like I said before, before. I'm super happy that you're finally going through with it, and you. Sh I want you to keep going uh, with it. I think mm -hmm. even if it takes everything takes time. So like even if you're only getting a few hundred listeners per episode, like this this one, like it's not like I'm getting fucking 10,000 listens every episode like yeah, yeah. but just go you know taking time and keep going with it and do it alongside playing hockey and you know you're kind of building both at the same time and it's it will get there I, oh, that's yeah. the way i think 
Oh, I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent the goal is to keep it going and keep it going while I keep playing and um, just have fun with it. Uh, it's it's nice. I I think I'm building relationships doing it too, meeting a lot of cool guys yep. that I'd never met before, and um, this kid Flo I haven't even met before in my life, and we're already seems to be pretty good friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. opening up each other about a lot. So I I appreciate that, man. You you obviously had a really good thing going here. So um, it was kind of cool. You kind of helped me out a lot, just being comfortable with it. Um, just kind of branching out, you know, not, not many guys in hockey or in sports kind of vlog or do podcasts, but yeah. you know, a guy like you just saying, screw everybody. This is what I want to do. And this is what's going to make me happy. And I don't give a shit what anybody else says. It, that says a lot. And I think that's a great message for a lot of people listening is that if there's something that you want to do, man, just do it. Don't, oh, yeah. don't give a shit about what people think about you. It's your life. This is your opportunity. Go ahead and do it. You're a great example of that. So, yeah, you were an inspiration for you there, man. I appreciate you for that. Yeah, that's. I appreciate you saying that. That's no problem. I actually, I forgot to mention to you, um, I wish I said it on your podcast, which if you guys in CI did go on Danny's podcast for an episode, if you want to yep. check that out. But uh, when I talk about how it took me a while to put a video out, um, I had it. Like right, like I think it was the day before I had posted it. I was next to you in the locker room in the dry stall area, and I was like, "Like fuck, dude! Like I want to post this. What do you think?" And you were like, "Dude, do it." So I'm like, "Dude, like what?" It, I don't know. People might think I'm kind of weird and shit. And you were just like, "Dude, fuck that! Like just do your thing." <laughs> and like it was a casual, very casual conversation, but it actually like that went so far for me really, like yeah. just having you say that to me and like i ended up posting it the next day yeah like, that's awesome oh it's yeah just like that was like that final person to say it and i was like you know yeah. he's right what, what the fuck am i what am i worried about yeah hell yeah yeah because i mean dude i i know you so well like you're the man and like seeing you do that i just know that you're, uh, you're like whatever these people have to say they don't have a fucking clue who you are yeah their their words mean fucking nothing they never even yeah. met you and they're casting judgment off something you post on youtube whereas like it's different it's different i mean i know you i'm like fuck yeah dude like that's unreal that's sick like you're gonna like pave the way and be like the, yeah. one of the first or first ever college hockey player doing being a vlog like, fuck yeah put yourself out there who knows where this could go you know yeah that's just the way we think we're like super optimistic like, oh this could blow up and you know this could like, lead into this this and this and you're just putting it, it's just, it's breaking out of your comfort zone. I think it's so, it's awesome. Man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so behind that shit. I appreciate that. It, I, and I hopefully, I, I mean, there has been actually a, a few since starting like hockey players, starting blogs and stuff Unreal. too. So, but yeah, I, I think for sure, just people that are going to hate on it are just, usually the haters are ones who want to do it and they're mad that they're not doing it. And it's kind of, it's a weird thing. It's yeah. a very weird thing. It's a very weird thing, but you were on a uh, episode six, right? I think so. Yeah, so. yeah. Ch check it out if you want to hear Shazel yeah. on my podcast, episode six. Great conversation um, there. It definitely was, and yeah, I opened up about like what I went through mentally, kind of mm -hmm. uh, throughout college. So if you want to hear that, definitely go uh, listen to that. And before we wrap up, we have a few questions on the on the Q and A that I put out on behind the cage. Right. So we'll roll with those. All right. This the first question is actually a funny one because <laughs> this is relevant. Nick the goalie, he said, "What was your first impression of Pat when he was a freshman?" Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought you were 
like I was sick, intimidating because you're jacked, but you didn't say much. So I was just like, remember I was like, do you hate me? I asked you like yeah. every day for a week or two weeks, maybe, maybe even more. Like this kid hates me. You, <laughs> you were dry stalls. Yeah, we were near each other. You were, neighbor, you would make your, room. you would make your jokes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of quiet until you get to know me. Like, at least more so I used to be. Maybe I'm better now about it. But, like, so, I, and I kind of have a resting angry face, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you kept making jokes, and I'd kind of, like, I would think it's funny, but <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> I, yeah. You'd just be like, oh, man, you hate me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we, we, you didn't really say much, so it's probably so weird. Like, why is this kid asking me if I hate him? I don't even know him, you know? Yeah. You kind of thought I was going to be an asshole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was scared to say it. You said it first. I was like, yeah. this guy's going to be an asshole. You thought I was an asshole. <laughs> I didn't think you were an asshole. I just thought that you were like, I was like, okay, he's maybe he's shy. Maybe he's quiet. I'm not going to like jump on this kid's neck. Let's see. I'll, I'll give another couple like weeks to a month, two months. And then I'll be like, yeah, this kid's just an asshole. But you obviously <laughs> opened up and shit. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, he's, he's quiet. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember we were going uh, flying. I think it was, I think we were flying to Miami, Ohio. Uh -huh. And at the airport, we said, you said something and I joked back to you. And like I made it whatever we were joking about. Yeah. And you were like, oh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like in your typical manner, oh. you were like, oh, I thought I was going to hate you. <laughs> You're like you're you're not bad or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I was like, an right. guy. Yeah, yeah, dude, that, that was funny. funny. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, <laughs> second uh, question by M Dangelo two five. He says, "Why number twenty nine?" Um, I think going into my freshman year, I chose three numbers: seventeen, twenty two, and twenty eight. And no, I chose. 29 was my third choice, I'm pretty sure, because 17 was already taken. I think Robbins put his order in or whatever before I did, so I didn't get 22, so he got it. And there was already a guy on the team my freshman year, Will Merchant, number 28. So I think I just chose the number above it, and that was 29. That's typically the answer is not usually meaning. It looked cool. It looked cool. I think it's a cool number. Yeah. Uh, also, he said, "What stick specs do you have?" Uh, I used to use the Henry Henry curve, which is like the Sackic, but okay. now I'm using the toe curve. I'm a lefty toe curve. Um, <clears throat> I use 85 flex and 95 flex this year. I use a little bit of both. If I could choose, in a perfect world, I use 90. I like right in the middle. I think 85 was a little too whippy for the hands, but. I think I could snap the puck off nice, but I think that 95 is a little stiffer, so I like it better for my hands, feel the puck better, but um, yeah, put a little more into it. So, yeah, yeah lefty, toe curve, uh, 90 flex preferably. Cool, cool. And grip, grip. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Grip is big. Yeah, yeah I like grip. Yeah. Reco P64, he said, what's your favorite cheese? I don't know if you're a cheese no che guy. No, no, I'm not a cheese guy. No cheese. No cheese. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I'm not really big into dairy. The only dairy I have is ice cream. It doesn't sit well in my tummy. I feel that. You gotta have ice cream though. Yeah, but ice cream's no problems there. Um, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Yep. No class bub. I, I, this might oh, be an inside uh, joke, oh, but he God. says, "Is it desire?" 
or is it love that I'm feeling for you? That's uh, that's like my favorite song ever. Desire, uh, Griffin remix uh, by Years and Years. Go check it out. If you're driving yeah. in the car, it's late at night. You're in a great mood or need to be a good mood. Yeah. Blast that song. Cruise on the highway. I mean, blast it till you can't even hear yourself think. And it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I like it. Um, Anthony Colangio he says, "Did you get any D one any other D one offers?" No, I did not. Maine was my first D one offer, my first official visit. Um, they offered me on the visit, and yeah, I committed. I think like two days. I committed on the visit, but it became official like two days after. So, yeah, Maine was my first uh, first and only offer. So, super grateful for that. You know, the coaching staff believing in me there and giving me that opportunity. Tim Doherty, he says, oh my God, no. <laughs> is it good to be a pro? It's unbelievable to be a pro. You know I mean? <laughs> kind of a big deal. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. I'm waiting for the blue check mark, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should be coming, right? They fucking put that. Yeah, any day now. Any day now. Uh, final question here 91 Nolan Olsen. Any, what tip would you give young hockey players who have a dream of going D1 and professional? Um, I think <clears throat> this is important because I, I noticed a lot on Instagram. There's a lot going on on Instagram. There's so many different drills, so many different variations of different drills. And like, don't pay attention to Instagram. I think it's important to work on like the fundamentals of the game. Work on your skating as much as possible. Work on your stick healing on the ice, on your own at home as much as possible. Work on your shot and watch a lot of hockey because that'll, you know, help your, you know, game sense IQ. And playing three on three, I think, is huge. So I think focusing on those things, like always work on your skating. If you can get it on the ice with a figure skating coach, 30 minutes, you know, a couple times a week, do that. Um, always work on your hands and, like I said, shot and IQ, watch hockey oh, yeah. and play three on three. But another thing on the mental side of it is <clears throat> never doubt yourself always believe and and dream as big as possible dream to the point where you're like this is this is insane because i'm oh, yeah. you will surprise yourself and never take no for an answer if you love hockey if you believe that you could play at the highest possible level go for it you have absolutely nothing to lose and if you fail guess what you gave it a shot it's okay. better to fail you said it. it's better to fail than to quit early and look back and regret why didn't i give it a shot yep yeah, I think those are great tips and just good life lessons in general yeah. right there. So that was a – that's not bad. That's not bad. Master yoga, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm all about it though. I, I think that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, that wraps up the questions. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. This was good. I think it was a good chat, good episode. Yeah, I had a blast, man. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. And thank you for coming on my podcast and being Hell open. Yeah. yeah, it was – it was great. It's great. Okay. We're always making great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went in, I like going in, like I didn't have too much of a plan. Like I knew like topics I wanted to touch. I like just letting it flow and yeah, see yeah, where yeah. it goes. I think that's, I, we usually have good conversations. We'll get <laughs> yeah. deep. We'll yeah, get deep. We, we'll fucking, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh yeah. But no, this was, this is you're professional. This is awesome. Thank I had you. a good thing going. So thank I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, go follow Danny on Instagram. I'll have it, um, pop up at the bottom here and um actually for the audio version say it okay danny a perez on instagram danny a perez no spaces just Good. all right through yeah pretty cool and uh 
I'll also go check out his um, podcast, The Monkey Mind, which is now on all streaming platforms. Yep, Monkey Mind podcast on all streaming platforms, Apple, um, Spotify. Yeah, check it out. Cool. Unbelievable. All right, well, this wraps it up, so. Cool. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. You're the best.